Well, hello, Restoration family, Pastor Katani. Uh, listen, I just love you guys. And uh, in particular, I just loved Pastor Felix. And so when, when we heard of his passing, it, it, it was a shock. Um, as I indicated at the funeral service, my response when Elder Brenda called me was simply no. No, no, no. Because, you know, I had spoken to Pastor Felix maybe just a few weeks earlier, and he was describing for me the wonderful things that were happening at Restoration in spite of the pandemic, how God was just supernaturally bringing things together and the things that he had been praying for, the things that they had been, you guys have been believing God for. It, the breakthrough you, you, you had been trusting and waiting for was now within sight. And we were just celebrating the, the, the good things that God was doing with you and through you. Um, and then just shortly thereafter, he was watching, I guess, CNN and saw Don Lemon uh, interviewing some, some guy who Pastor Felix thought looked like me enough to be my twin. But he kind of just texted a message to me that he was here listening to me or perhaps my twin. And I responded, well, I don't know what I'm saying, but, but I'm probably preaching to Don Lemon. And then I asked, how are you doing, Felix? Uh, unfortunately, he did, not, he did not respond to that question. Uh, so I was, I was, and that was about four or five days before his passing. So I was really, really shocked. There is uh, uh, the fact that when, when, when you're dealing with life and death issues, people often come up with all kinds of perspectives and, and uh, philosophies. And sometimes even children have some very interesting perspectives uh, that they share. And 10-year-old Alan uh, made a statement concerning death. He said, uh, the reason why God doesn't tell us when we're going to die is because he wants it to be a big surprise. Well, I tell you, if that's the reason why God doesn't let us know when, he certainly, certainly accomplished his goal with Pastor Felix's passing. But what is a surprise to us was no surprise to him. I mean, I was, I was blessed when I listened to Pastor Felix's last message and where he challenged us not just to bear leaves, but to bear fruit. And then at the end of his message, he presented to you with a new chief of staff and someone who is, who is eminently qualified uh, by his life experiences and his education to organize and minister and manage the, the, the affairs of the church administratively. Uh, to see Pastor Felix publicly announce this and present him to the congregation, and then two days later, he's gone. Obviously, this is something that God had put in his heart to do. And then, of course, thank God that Pastor Katani is there and more than qualified as she has worked with Pastor Felix all of these years, and together they raised up this church. And so God has put in, provision, put in position everything that is needed uh, for, the, for the church to continue to grow and prosper. The vision that was in Pastor Felix's heart to be fulfilled. And then I, I'm so blessed, again, by the quality of leadership that have, he has raised up. You know, Elder Brenda, Elder Derek, and others who have been faithful, have been with you for years. And I mean, they continue to be committed to the vision. So while I am sad and uh, that 
I'm not going to be able to speak to Pastor Felix for a while. I am so, so, so thankful to God that God has put in place a team of qualified and faithful leaders to surround Pastor Katani and to continue to run with this vision. I know that uh, all that God has in store for restoration shall yet be fulfilled. And for that reason, I give God the glory. We're your family. We're here for you. Don't hesitate to call if we can be of help in any way. We are available to you. Pastor Katani, I want you to know that we are available. Well, God bless you. Now, let's go to our text, Hebrews chapter 11. That, I want to speak to you about faith. I want to speak to you about those who God applauds. And we're going to read out of Hebrews chapter 11. You know that is the hall of fame, the hall of faith, the heroes of faith that are lifted up by the Holy Spirit and set before us as examples that we ought to learn from. In Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 13, all the way to verse 19, we read, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar of, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Now, I'm going to comment and use some other verses as well, but I just want to begin with this statement in verse 16, that God is not ashamed to be called their God. Now, there are a people who live in such a way that God is not ashamed for them to call him their God. He is proud to be connected with them. He stands up and he applauds them. There are a people who live in such a way that they so please God that God gives them a standing ovation. And God is proud when they say, I serve Jehovah. I serve 
Jesus. I serve Yahweh. Almighty God is my God. God stands up and says, yes, I am the God. Who are these people? The Bible says in verse 6 of Hebrews 11 that without faith it's impossible to please God. So we know these people are people who live by faith. Verse 2 of Hebrews 11 says, For by it the elders obtain a good report. In other words, by faith those who believed God received a praise report from God. An applause from God. One of those who come to mind in the New Testament is Stephen. If you recall when Stephen was being stoned to death for standing up for Christ and boldly declaring his faith in Jesus, he was stoned by those who hated the very idea that Jesus would be declared to be Lord. And while he yet preached and proclaimed the gospel and lifted up the name of Jesus and boasted of his God. They were stoning him. And the scripture says, as Stephen was about to make that transition from this world, and, and he was there with blood pouring from so many different parts of his body, having been stoned by the crowd, he looked up. And what did he see? He saw the Son of God, the King of Kings, Jesus, not seated, but standing, giving him a standing ovation, applauding him, proud to be Stephen's God. You know, when I was at the funeral the other day and and the uh, military was doing what they do, uh, honoring the service that Pastor Felix gave to this nation. As I looked at them as they were folding the flags and doing the things that they do, the Holy Spirit gave me a picture. And it, it was a picture of what was happening or what did happen today. Felix entered heaven. I am convinced that there was a royal kingly reception and angels and saints stood at attention as this hero of faith came home. There are those who God applauds. Now who are they? Well, I think the key is found in verse 13, where we read, These all died in faith. You see, those who are heroes of faith, those who God applauds, are those who live by faith. But not only do they live by faith, they persevere in faith to the very end. You see, it's one thing to start by faith. It's another thing to live by faith 
for a while. But those that are celebrated as heroes of faith are not only those that start by faith and live by faith, but they persevere in faith up to the very end. The examples being lifted up here in particular are the examples of Abraham and Sarah. You know the story. God appeared to Abraham in the book of Genesis and God made some promises to Abraham and God said to Abraham that he was to leave his country and go to a land that God would show him. And the scripture says here in verse 8, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. In other words, here is Abraham making a choice, a decision, that he was going to prioritize God's promise, God's plan, God's purpose for his life over everything else. He was going to obey God to pursue God's purpose because pursue God's plan at all costs. Abraham was a wealthy man. Abraham was well established in his own country. Abraham owned cattle. Abraham owned land. Abraham owned buildings. He was well established. And God speaks to him and tells him to leave all behind in order to go to a land that God would give him. And the scripture says, Abraham by faith obeyed. So living by faith is a decision to obey God in pursuing God's plan and purpose and promises for our lives. But note it in this passage, it says, that he obeyed not knowing where he went. In other words, there were a lot of unanswered questions. He didn't know the details. He didn't know exactly where God was going to take him. He didn't know where this journey was going to end. Nevertheless, with all of those unanswered questions, what he did know was that God had a purpose, God had a plan, and God had made promises, and he decided that he would prioritize God's word to him. He would prioritize God's plan and purpose to the degree that he understood it, and he would pursue it and trust God enough that even with the unanswered questions, with the lack of details, trust God's wisdom and goodness and power enough to obey. That was Abraham's faith. He began to prioritize and to pursue God's plan and purpose for his life. Even though he didn't know where the journey would eventually take him. And so those who are the heroes of faith, those who God will applaud, are those who haven't heard the gospel. And having come to some understanding of God's purpose and plan for their lives, choose to prioritize that purpose and plan, those promises of God in Christ Jesus, and to pursue those things at the expense of 
things that they would ordinarily value. Abraham, the scripture says, lived by faith, but then Abraham and Sarah died in faith. And so they not only started to live by faith, they persevered in living by faith and never stopped living by faith until they breathed their last. They lived by faith. They died in faith. God is proud to call such people his own and to identify himself with them as their God. Those who live by faith, those who persevere in faith, and those who come to the end of their lives still living, trusting, believing God. Hero, applause, standing ovation. I am their God. Hallelujah. Now let's look at some details. In verse 13, the scripture tells us that they had not received the promises. But in verse 17, we read, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. So wait a minute, God, you know, what is it? In verse 13, you said he did not receive the promises. And in verse 17, you said he had received the promise and actually offered up Isaac to you. So did he receive the promise or didn't he receive the promise? Well, the answer is yes. Because here's the truth that we need to grasp. When God made the promise to Abraham, Abraham was 75 years old. And the promise that God made to Abraham was that he would have a son and that he would become the father of many nations that his children would be more numerous than the sand on the sea shore, and that God will raise up through him a seed through which all the nations will be blessed. That was a promise when he was 75 to him and of course to Sarah. They believed when God spoke, they embraced that promise and they look to God for the fulfillment of that promise and begin to live their lives in the light of that promise. 25 years later, 25 years, Isaac was born. And you can imagine the joy that filled Abraham's heart and the joy of Sarah, that this child which God had promised was born. Isaac 
the promised child was manifested. Abraham and Sarah had received the manifestation of the promise of Isaac. They no longer needed faith for Isaac to be born because Isaac now was born. They could handle him, touch him, see him, and feel him. He was physically manifested. They had received Isaac. But remember, the promise was more than just that they would have a son. The promise was that they would have children, descendants, as numerous as the sand on the seashore, as the stars in the heaven. That they would have nations as their inheritance, that they would possess and own the land Canaan. They would have the title lead deed to that land. So what we have here is that they had received the manifestation of the, the promised child, Isaac, and so in that sense, they had received the promise. But in another sense, they were still waiting for the promises to be fulfilled. You see, there was promised more than just Isaac. All of these other aspects of the promises were still, still not yet fully manifested. So they were still believing God for the fulfillment of all of the promises. Sarah, well, Sarah died when she was 127 years old. And when Sarah died at 127 years old, she had Isaac, so she had, she had the manifestation of that child. But she didn't live long enough to see Isaac get married. She didn't live long enough to have grandkids. Because when she died, Isaac was 37, he still wasn't married, and there were no grandchildren. So she died still believing that she would be the mother of many nations, still believing that the land that God had led she and her husband to would literally become theirs. They would take possession and have the title deed. These were things that God had promised her. But now... At 127 years old, she dies. And those aspects of the promise have not yet been manifested. But she judges God faithful, the scripture says. And she dies believing that God, the rest of the promises, will still be fulfilled. Abraham. Abraham died when he was 175 years old. He received the promise when he was 75. At 100, Isaac was born. The promise, a portion of the promise was manifested. But then Abraham went on to live another 75 years. And we're told he was living with Sarah in the land that God had promised, but he was living with Sarah in that land, still as a pilgrim, still as a stranger, not yet having the title deed or ownership of the land. When Sarah died, we're told in the scriptures, if you were to read in Genesis 23, Abraham stood up, the Bible says, and he had to speak to the sons of Heth, the, 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 uh, the uh, inhabitants of the land that owned the land uh, of Canaan. He had to speak to them. 
and say, I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. Please give me property for a burial place among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. So here he is. His wife dies. The scripture says in Genesis chapter 23 that in verse 2, Abraham came and he mourned for Sarah and he wept for her. And then he stood up and he requested that the people would please allow him to purchase some land in order to bury his wife. Now, this is the man that God had promised that he would live in this land. He would possess this land. He would have the title deed to this land. His descendants would be more numerous than the sand on the sea. His wife dies at 127 years old. And he, at this point in his journey, doesn't own any property in the land which God had promised him. But the scripture tells us he died at 175 and he died in faith. He died still believing. At 175, 100 years after God speaks to him, Abraham also dies. And what he does, he has Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. Abraham has some other children. About that time, he had eight kids. That is a far cry from children as, and descendants as numerous as the sand on the seashore and the stars in the heaven. So at the point of his death, Abraham has seen Isaac be born. He had lived to see Jacob being born. Uh, 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 and so he had grandchildren, uh, but he came nowhere close to seeing with his physical eyes the fulfillment of the promises in their fullness. And so the scripture says, after all of these years, now it will be a hundred years, when Abraham came to the point of his death, he died in faith, means he died believing God. He died still pursuing the plan of God for his life. He died still pursuing the purpose of God. He died still expecting God to fulfill the promises that he had made to him. And because he not only lived by faith and he persevered in faith and he came to the last day of his life on earth and when he took his last breath, he took his last breath still believing, still pursuing God's plan and purpose, still walking in obedience to what God has said to him. That is faith that causes God to stand and causes God to give a standing ovation and applause. That's the kind of person, the kind of faith that makes God proud, not ashamed to be called their God. Hallelujah. So here's something that we need to understand when it comes to the plan and when it comes to the purposes of God. Listen, we are called to obey. Living by faith means we have made the decision. We're going to obey God. We're going to pursue His plan. We're going to pursue His purpose. We're going to pursue His promises up to our dying day. And when we breathe the last breath, if there are aspects of the promises that have not yet been manifested, we'll breathe our last breath, believing that those promises shall yet come 
to pass. You see, the promises of God, the plan of God and the purposes of God for our lives are often progressive. There are dimensions to God's promises and plans and purposes. And there's some things that God has on his calendar that are scheduled to take place. Some promises God has made. Some things God is using your life right now to accomplish. There's some things on that calendar that shall be manifested in your lifetime. There's some Isaacs that will be born. You will handle, you will see. Uh, yeah, there's some things that God has said and he's doing in and through you as you obey and pursue his plan and purpose for your life that you will see manifested. And some of those things will manifest quickly. And I'm going to prophesy that some of those things are about to manifest for some of you real quickly. There's certain things that you've been believing God for and your Isaac is about to be born. So you can get ready and you can celebrate. That is the truth. That is the word. But the word also through the life of Abraham and Sarah and other men of faith, the word teaches us there are dimensions of the promise, the plan and purpose as we obey God that will not come quickly. Some will take a while. Some will seem to be almost forgotten by God. You see, you will be pursuing the plan and purposes of God for your life at times, and you will wonder whether God even cares. Abraham, for a hundred years, believed God, pursued God's plan and purpose, obeyed God, and yet came to the end of his days, having experienced only some of the promises being fully manifested. So he experienced some of the promises manifested. Some of those promises happen quickly. Some will happen, but they will happen over a period of time when it may seem like it's not going to happen. I encourage you, persevere in believing. It's on God's schedule. It's just not on his schedule for right now. And then there's a third aspect of God's promises that we have to admit to. The text teaches this. They died in faith. And when they died, as we've indicated, there was still a good number of those promises that had not yet been fulfilled, at least not manifested. Yet God had those things on the calendar, but they were scheduled to take place after Abraham and Sarah had already exited this world. You see, there's some plans, some purposes, some promises God has made to you, and some things God is doing through you. Aspects of those things and dimensions of those promises and God's plan and purpose that are on his schedule, but they're on his schedule to take place when you're on the other side of eternity and you're going to be looking back. You're not going to be looking ahead, but you're going to be looking back and you're going to see the promises coming to pass. Abraham didn't see the land become his while he was alive. But Abraham is now looking back, and he is seeing the promises being fulfilled. He saw when the Messiah, when Christ was born, he saw it. He saw when Jesus Christ died on that cross and arose from the grave, and from the vantage point of eternity, as he looks down upon earth, he sees multitudes, Christians, Muslims, 
Jews who all claim him to be their father. You, Abraham, will have children as numerous as the sand on the sea and the stars in the heaven. You will be the father of many nations. Abraham didn't see it when he was looking forward. But from this side of eternity, he sees the promises being fulfilled. Hear me. There are some promises God has made to you that you will experience in this life. Some Isaacs. And there are some promises that will manifest quickly. There are others that you're going to have to persevere in faith for a while because it may take 25 years or more before it's manifested. And then there are some promises that are on God's timetable for you that you will see fulfilled when you look back from eternity. Hallelujah. On to what God is doing as a result of the seeds you planted while you lived. Wow, what a powerful truth. Take that, apply it to your life. Take it and apply it to Pastor Felix. My goodness, there were things that God spoke and promised him. He pursued, like Abraham, he forsook a lot of things that this world could have offered him. When he got an understanding of God's plan and purpose and God's promises for his life, he made the decision to obey God, to live by faith and to pursue the plan and purposes of God for his life. And he did so up to his very end. The last day he spent on this earth, he spent it pursuing the plan and purposes of God, believing the promises of God. He lived by faith. He died in faith in God. He's proud to be called his God. Now the dimensions of that promise that Pastor Felix didn't see while he was still with us here. But those dimensions he will see from the vantage point of heaven and eternity. Because you see, God is so faithful that every word God speaks, every promise God makes must come to pass. And if God has to resurrect you in order to fulfill the promises, he will resurrect you to do so. And in fact, in the story, the scripture tells us that Abraham was told by God to offer up Isaac and, 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 and Abraham obeyed. You see, God had made a promise. The promise was Isaac. Abraham had received the promise. Now God says, I want you to go and take the promise, Isaac, and I want you to offer him up, sacrifice him, let him die. And Abraham had a choice to make at that point, and the choice was, will I obey God? Or will I place my desire and my love for the promise over and above my commitment to God and my commitment to live in obedience to him. Abraham made a choice and he said, God, you know how much I love the promise. Uh, and I know you gave me this. But if you're asking me now to choose between you and the promise, you're asking me to choose between obedience and the promise, I want to choose obedience. But because I know you are God and you cannot lie, I'm going to release the promise into your hands. And I'm so convinced that as I obey you, if you have to resurrect Isaac, you will resurrect him in order that the promise may be fulfilled. Hear me. One of the reasons for the resurrection is that God will leave no promise unfulfilled in your life. And the promises that require 
that he resurrect you to fulfill, guess what? He has resurrection also on the calendar. At the end of the day, every promise, every plan that God has made, every promise he has made shall be fulfilled in your life, in my life. To God and God alone be the glory. How did Sarah, how did Abraham manage to persevere in faith, to, to be faithful in, over all of these years in pursuing God's plan and purpose, even though there were so many aspects of his plan and purpose that were not manifested physically in their lifetime. There are two reasons. One, the Bible tells us Sarah judged God faithful. I want to encourage you, as you prioritize and you pursue the plan and purposes of God, because that's what faith calls you to do, and because that's the kind of person God applauds. Listen, judge God faithful. Even when you don't understand, even when you don't see with your eyes, judge God faithful because he is. And then secondly, they were able to persevere because, you see, they viewed their lives and they viewed the promises of God and the purposes of God through the lens of eternity by faith. You see, God doesn't want to have 60 years or 61 years to fulfill his promises to you. God has eternity to work out the details of your life. Just because we leave this world doesn't mean that we have ceased to live and God's promises have ceased to be true. God has eternity to fulfill every promise he's made to you. By faith, they saw. May God grant you and me the grace to pursue his plan and purpose and promises for us. To obey. And to obey and to persevere in obedience up to our very last breath. That God may applaud you and me. You see, faith is like a telescope. Two men standing on a ship, both looking in the same direction. All one sees is water. Another person standing right next to him, looking in the same direction, sees land, sees houses, sees people, uh, sees other ships. What's the difference? One man saw only with his natural eyes. The other man had the benefit of looking through the lens of a telescope. And that telescope has that ability to bring things that are very far and make them seem so close. Things that you cannot see, touch, or handle, or experience that are beyond the, the experience of your senses. And therefore, you are not able to respond to them. That telescope is able to bring it to the realm where you can experience and respond and act upon what was there, but just invisible to your natural eyes. Faith is like that. Faith is like that. Things that are far beyond our natural ability to see. When we choose to look through the eyes of faith, 
We see those things that seem to be so far, in fact, things that we cannot see, but through the eyes of faith, they become more real to us, the things we cannot see. And then like Abraham, like Pastor Felix, we embrace those things and we begin to make decisions and to say things and do things with our lives that are based upon what we see with the eyes of faith. Amen. God bless you, restoration. God strengthen you and give you the grace to be like Abraham and to be like Pastor Felix, among those whom God applauds. Because by faith, we choose to prioritize His plan, His purpose, and His promises for our lives. And we choose to pursue that, persevere in that pursuit, never cease pursuing it until we breathe our last breath, knowing like Sarah, that God is faithful. God bless you. We love you. And we look forward to all that God has in store for you and for us together in Jesus' name. Pastor Felix is now looking down from that side of eternity as God continues to work out to fulfill his precious promises to him. Amen and amen.